0: If you missed the first half of Katherine Brown's compelling testimony of God's grace in the midst of cancer, you'll want to check out Sweeter Than Honey, Part 1. When I first met my mother-in-law, Kathy, one thing that captured my attention about her was her exuberance. Because of her radiant spirit, one would never guess she's patiently endured years of physical hardship. She's a four-time cancer survivor and currently battling yet another round of stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in spite of her ongoing treatment she's active and vibrant serving as a pastor's wife church secretary a caregiver for her aging mother a homeschool teacher for her granddaughters her extraordinary joy and strength found in jesus christ has impacted many many lives so today as we continue her testimony i believe your hearts too will be uplifted
1: our loved ones They do their very best to comfort us and bolster our courage. They say things like, it's going to be okay, I just know it is. But when it comes right down to it, they're just humans. They don't really know if it is going to be okay or not. And no matter who loves you the most on this earth, they are incapable of giving you the strength, courage, and peace that only comes from God. God is the one who knows all things. God never changes. God is a constant in this ever-changing world. Our anchor in the tumultuous storm has got to be the word of God. I love the word imagery in that old hymn, My Anchor Holds. Though the angry surges roll on my tempest-driven soul, I am peaceful. For I know, wildly though the winds may blow, I've an anchor safe and sure that can evermore endure. And it holds. My anchor holds. Blow your wildest then, O gale on my bark so small and frail. For by his grace I shall not fail. For my anchor holds. My anchor holds. Now... I wish that right now I could tell you that from that point on, everything was perfect, sm- perfectly smooth sailing after my colostomy, and I no longer feared it, but it wasn't. God had more precious treasures to give to me. The next few months involved a major overhaul in my lifestyle. Coping with the pain after surgery, The different way my body worked now and many extra hours required to take care of my new body and learning how to mingle in public without embarrassment sometimes found me a bit sad and discouraged. But they were always just little setbacks and by then I knew what to do to achieve the victory. God had me under his wings, protecting me, comforting me, making me keenly aware that 100% of my identity is wrapped up in him, not in a disfigured body. I am also very happy to report that when that biopsy came back on my tumor, there was no cancer to be found. The tumor was precancerous, so after it was removed with surgery, I had no need for further cancer treatments. Four months later, My doctor was thrilled with the healing that had taken place in my body. He told me that he would like to once again admit me to the hospital for a reversal study. After the study, my doctor felt that I was an excellent candidate for a reversal. Now, a reversal meant that he wanted to put me back together again. He wanted to make me normal again. And so I underwent a second major surgery, and he did just that. All the honor and glory and praise goes to my Heavenly Father for this accomplishment. My special journey did not stop there. During an exam that was related to my surgery, a lump was discovered in my neck. A biopsy done in November of 2006 revealed that I had thyroid cancer. In December of 2006, I had my third major surgery in a one-year time span, this time to remove my thyroid. During the surgery, the surgeon observed what he described as the most abnormal lymph nodes he had ever seen in all of his years of surgery. So he removed a few to be biopsied. Much to everyone's surprise, during the thyroid surgery, the lymph nodes that had been removed revealed that I not only had thyroid cancer, but I was also in stage 3 of lymphoma, which is a type of blood cancer. This second cancer discovery came as a total surprise to both the doctor and to me. No one was expecting that discovery. Now, my third surgery did not go by without complications. I'm going to share with you an experience (laughs) that I do not allow myself to dwell on or recollect very often because it is not healthy for me I was prepped for surgery as usual and put to sleep in the operating room I did fall asleep but the next thing I knew I could hear my surgeon talking about his schedule and I could feel something razor sharp slicing repeatedly through my neck. The pain was excruciating. The terror was indescribable. I realized that my surgeon was cutting out my thyroid and I could feel and hear everything. I was unable to move my body. I was unable to open my eyes and I was unable to speak. I knew from listening to my surgeon talk that he had no clue that I was awake. Helpless is a very inadequate word to describe my situation. The words violated and terrorized and tortured come to mind. You know, I haven't found the perfect words to this day, but I do know that I cried out to the Lord, help me, dear God. Please, make the doctors look at the machines and find some sign that I need more anesthesia. I experienced this awakeness for about five minutes, which seemed like an eternity, but the anesthesia finally then kicked in. Listen to Lamentations three fifty-seven through 58. It's just exactly what happened to me at that point. You drew near when I called on you, You said, do not fear, O Lord, you have pleaded my soul's cause. You have redeemed my life. Now listen to verses 11 through 13 of Psalm 91. They speak about God's personal attention. And this is what was happening to me too for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways they will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone you will tread upon the lion and the cobra the young lion and the serpent you will trample down after my surgery i told the surgeon what had happened and he was appalled to this day, they have no explanation for what went wrong. The hospital equipment had never signaled them that I was in distress. The doctors had not intervened to rescue me. God did. Since my surgery, I've read a lot of accounts of, the, of people that this has happened to. All of them have had to undergo psychiatric care, and none of them have ever been the same again. I chose God to be my therapist, and boy did I ever have a lot of sessions with Him for several months after the surgery. I learned to deal with flashbacks and nightmares and overwhelming attacks of sudden fear the best therapist in the world, my Heavenly Father, has now healed me of those. In 2007, I began the traditional treatment of thyroid cancer which involved radiation. One year later, in 2008, my test results showed no more signs of thyroid cancer. To God be the glory. In 2007, I also began treatment for my stage three lymphoma. Right now, there is no cure for lymphoma once it reaches stage three. The best hope is for remission through chemotherapy, which means that it most likely will come back again, and then you repeat the cycle of chemotherapy. I am currently under the care of an oncologist at Morristown Memorial Hospital, but this time the Lord has led me down a non-traditional path for treatment. And I've been practicing this treatment for almost two and a half years now. And God has been pleased to continue me to allow to serve him by being my husband's helper and actively serving in our church. I have some days that are better than others, but I really have enjoyed relatively good health. I'm still in stage three, and my cancer is growing, but for the time being, it's growing slowly. I'm not worried, I'm not fearful, I am safe in the arms of my heavenly Father. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond comparison while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal that's second corinthians 4:16 through 18 to god be the glory great things he has done now let me read the last few verses of psalm 91 and notice that the speaker shifts now god is doing the talking And he's talking directly to us. And he's telling us the great privilege of prayer. Because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life i will satisfy him and let him see my salvation that phrase he will call upon me in verse 15 refers to prayer james 5 13 says is any among you suffering then he must pray submerge yourself in the scriptures and then pray 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 now what do you do when you're so overwhelmed that you don't even know how to pray And sometimes when you get in situations like that, you're in that predicament. Romans 8, 26, 27 says, The Spirit also helps our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. And he searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Another way to pray is to make some of the psalms your own personal prayers, and I have found that a great blessing. Here's one of my favorites. Save me, O God, for the waters have threatened my life. I have sunk in deep mire, and there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and a flood overflows me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer me quickly. Oh, draw near to my soul and redeem it. But I am afflicted and in pain. May your salvation, O God, set me securely on high for the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his who are prisoners. That's from Psalm 69. I want to leave you with these thoughts. Hard times will come. It's a fact in this fallen world. And some experience harder times than others, but everyone goes through hard times the solution to our having peace and joy is not for those problems those adversities those trials to go away the solution is the renewing of our mind the solution is the way we view our adversities the solution is to see our adversities through God's eyes Peace and joy are not contingent upon the absence of adversity. Otherwise, none of us could hope for lasting peace and joy. I know this is true because Ecclesiastes 10.8 says, If a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all, and let him remember the days of darkness, that's the hard times, for they will be many. I have learned that hard times are a reason to give thanks. And again, C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, says that it is hard to turn our thoughts to God when everything is going well. God wants to give us something, but he can't because our hands are full. And you can just imagine this imagery. Um, You know, I was holding my wonderful husband, my wonderful children, my wonderful church family, my good health, nice home. I I didn't have any room for anything else. There was nowhere No room for God to put anything else in my life Hard times Remove some of those things From our arms And they enable us To open up our arms And receive great and mighty Treasures from the Lord God never Takes something away Without giving Something greater in return Did you catch that one? God never takes something away without giving us something greater in return. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. That's James 1.12. Hard times crush us. And they bring us to a point where we know we cannot make it without God. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. That's 2 Corinthians 12:10. When hard times come, turn to the Lord. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength, they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. That's Isaiah forty thirty one. If I'm ever forced to pick a favorite verse, which I don't like to do because it's really hard, I always have to land on Isaiah forty thirty one. God allows adversity into our lives, not to destroy us, but to strengthen us. Isaiah 40, says he'll give us eagle's wings. Have you ever had the privilege of watching an eagle soar in the sky? Have you ever read how powerful their wings are? God can give you eagle wings that not only have the power to overcome evil, but that will give you the strength to soar high above it. God never promised to prevent hard times from coming. But he did promise to use them to strengthen us. And he promised to see us through them. He promises us eagle wings. Ladies, adversities are so limited. They're so limited in their power over us. They cannot force us into a state of bitterness. They cannot force us into a state of despair. Adversities cannot take away the joy of our eternal destiny. Bitterness and despair, they're choices that we make. They are self-inflicted wounds that deal a fatal blow in the pursuit of godliness. We have as much power over those choices as when a waiter comes to our table and reads us the menu. We can say no thank you to that, or yes please to this. In the same way, we can say no thank you to bitterness, and no thank you to self-pity. Yes please to hope, and yes please to joy, and yes please to love. God's word, which is sweeter than honey, empowers us to make these choices that revitalize us and renew our minds when we are weak. Let me encourage you to achieve victory by following Psalm 91, which teaches about God's protection, his peace, his personal attention, and the power of prayer. God's word is so very sweet. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good.
0: Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at BVHTministries.org.